0: Welcome to the Harrison Faith Church Podcast. You're about to hear another inspirational message from Pastor Brian Herring. It's our prayer. This message is an encouragement and blessing to your life. Amen. Uh, well, we started a series, uh, as uh, many of you know, A Heart for the House. And we've been talking about different things, but really it's about this. We believe that life is better together. And we believe that God wants us to get more connected by serving and by discipling and growing together. And so we've opened up life groups. uh, They're back in action. And so we are now getting ready to start getting you plugged in and working for the Lord. That's what we want. We want you involved in connecting and doing what God has called you as individuals to do. So, God's got a calling on each one of your life. And so, I've been excited. I, 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 I'm not always prophetic. Sometimes I'm pathetic. But I did tell our staff I believe that God was going to just, I, I just believe that sometimes with this pandemic, it was going to be over hopefully by Easter and that we would be able to worship together as normal. Now, I'm knocking on wood with this, but I'll tell you, the, the governor's uh, address on Friday was encouraging that we would be mass-free if there's a 10% uh, positivity rate and all this stuff. Saunders so says, what does that mean? I said, I don't know. That's governor math. I don't, ha- I don't know how to calculate it uh, because they have ways of calculating things that when they calculate what they calculate, I don't come up with the same thing. But regardless, it does look favorable for Easter. We'll be able to celebrate with Easter Easter. Um, and, and, and have a, a, a more uh, traditional Resurrection Sunday as far as it comes. And so I'm excited about what God's doing. But what it tells me is more than ever before, we need to come together as a body of believers. Uh, whether we need to come a little bit isolated for some of us that feel more comfortable that way. Whether we need to, however we need to do it. But I believe that now is the time. Uh, the enemy wants to keep us apart. We're better together. We're stronger together, and I'm telling you, there's something powerful when God's people come together, pray, and seek His face. Things change, and so we're going to dive uh, into First I'm sorry, First Kings, chapter 19, verse 15 through 21. Uh, I'm going to pick up where I did la- where I left off last year uh, or last week. I'm having trouble just talking. I'm just don't know what my problem is. I got a good night's rest, first time in a long time. Uh, I am tongue twisted. Thanks, man. So we're going to try this again. So we're going to say this. God uses ordinary people. So who in here is God wanting to use? Everyone. No one in here is to be a standby person, a spectator, or just a cheerleader. God is calling all of us for a purpose. And if we don't, I I, I almost called this sermon today Use It or Lose It because if, God doesn't, if you don't allow God to use you, he'll pass you by and use someone else. And so there's a great book called uh, Sodom Had No Bible. It was written by a guy by the name of Leonard Ravenhill. Great writer. In fact, he's from East Texas where, where we're from. But in this, there's a great quote. It says, 120 men in the upper room shook the world and turned it upside down because, of, because they were united, uh, or they were in unity. Yet we can have 120 churches in the same city and no one even know that we're there. I thought, wow, what a powerful statement. Why is it that you can have so many churches and nobody even know we're there or even care? As long as this church has been here, in fact, over uh, we're, we're, we're almost at our um, bicentennial year. We're almost at 50 years of it being a church, and that's coming up in... Uh, 2023. So it's coming up on us pretty close. Uh, we've been here a long time. Affected a lot of lives. God's done a lot of great things to this church through the years. And when I was on the city council, I learned a lot of people didn't know who we were. And I thought, when I first got here, I remember doing the share fest where we had food and we took care of homeless. We took care of people's haircuts, old stuff. We've seen people's lives change. We've seen people come through this church. In fact, I'd go out with Pastor Thrasher. And there's very few times we'd go out to eat where people would come to the table and greet him. He had such a great name. And people would look and, and he would say, yeah, they used to go to faith. And I just thought, how can you have this, but yet still, so many people not know who we are and, uh, in the church. And, and the truth is is that over time we become docile. We just become something in the side. We, we stop meeting people's needs and we stop getting involved. In fact, many of us uh, get to a place where we just almost become uh, just comfortable where we are. And we stop serving. And so, a little bit different situation in First Kings chapter 19, verse 15, when it says this. It says, then the Lord told him, talking about it, uh, Elijah, go back the same way you came and travel to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you arrive there, anoint Hazel to be king of Aram. And if you remember, he was under a, a tree. He was uh, Elijah was depressed. He didn't know what to do. He was going through a lot of uh, emotional turmoil. And then he goes to the mountain, and God speaks to him. And God says, what are you doing here? It's not right for you to be here. And so he goes on to verse 16, and the anoint, he says, There, go on and anoint uh, Jehu, the grandson of Demishi to be king of Israel, and anoint Elisha, the son of Saphat, from the town of Abel, Bethala, to replace you as my prophet. And then Elijah's humility, and in Elijah's humility, he accepts God's plan to replace it without question or protest. Here's the deal. Just remember this. There is no success without successors. There has got to be someone to continue on the ministry. There's got to be someone else. And so when I think about how these things go, I've read the scriptures, and over and over and over, we find where there is a, a commonality of people serving, and then when God gets ready to, to kind of get them into uh pull them home and call them home, he begins to have them have a successor, someone to follow them. He, they have someone that they're mentoring, and they're mentoring, and they're pouring into their life, and after they have poured into their life after a such time, then God calls that individual to be home. I say this because I think in the church world, somewhere we missed it where we think that when we've graduated or retired or when we come to a certain place that we no longer need to serve. And uh, now I'm not naive to understand that the only ministry that happens is in the church also. I understand there's plenty of great ministries that people in our church are tagged into and are involved with that aren't involved with our direct local church. But what I am saying is is that if you are a child of God, and you serve God, and you call him, your acts don't make you saved, but because you're saved, you should want to work. You know? There should be something about you. There should be, there's an expectation. In fact, throughout the entire scriptures, there was just an expectation that if the, once you start serving God, you're going to want to do other things. You're going to want to be involved in people's lives. You're going to want to help change lives. Because if God has done so much for you, why wouldn't you want to do something for someone else? goes on in verse 17, and he says, Anyone who escapes from Hazel will be killed by Jehu, and those who escape by Jehu will be killed by Elisha. And yet I will will preserve 7,000 others in Israel who have never bowed down to Baal or kissed him. So Elijah went down and found Elisha, son of Hath, plowing, in a field. If you're taking notes, just write this. God uses people who are working faithfully where they are. So here it is Elisha's just plowing in a field. He's doing a, a, a really a monotonous job. You ever do the same thing over and over? Some of you have jobs like that. You work on a factory lot, you work, or you just wake up in the morning, you do the same job every day. It's just, you remember that old commercial, gotta get up in the morning, gotta make the donuts, gotta make the donuts got to make the donuts. Just a monotonous job. Elisha was just found plowing in a field, following a team of oxen, going around in circles day after day after day. But why did God want to use Elisha? Because he was faithfully working. I've never seen somebody get promoted who was faithfully doing nothing. I've never seen God just... There's just something about people saying, just use me where I am. In fact, there's a scripture that says, if you're faithful over a few things, I'll make you ruler over many. As I was getting ready for the message today, I thought there's something very powerful about most of our our staff. Almost every one of our staff, before they ever started being involved in ministry and got paid for it, volunteered. In fact, with Teresa Cabe, who's the longest uh, member or or paid member right now of our staff, uh, serving in 26 years, 27 years this year, uh, she started out as a volunteer in the office. She started coming in with Penny and with some of the other ones and just started volunteering her time and and then one day somebody says, you know what, we're getting to the point where we can't do without her and they they hired her on the spot just volunteering. I was thinking about uh, Pastor Caleb. Pastor Caleb I've known since he was uh, uh, a wee little boy, and a wee little boy was he. Uh, He was two years old at my wedding and uh, but you know what? When he grew up, I saw him serve in the youth ministry. I saw him go off to college and serve as an intern. I saw him serve in many of the churches. I saw him serve with no money, and I saw him serve with very little money. And because we see what a blessing God has done. My lovely wife has served as a volunteer kids pastor, volunteer women's leader, volunteer church, just about everything, and many places we've served. And because that she's not paid, but God is using her. Taylor, Taylor Warden, our kids' pastor, started out just volunteering here. Just volunteering. And before here, she actually, uh, when she was young, went off to do a missions program in Florida and our different places wound up in Florida where God had called her to just show up. It just felt like that's where she's supposed to be at. Eventually, it turned into a job where she got paid for it. Uh, Brian and Nicole Fairchild also started out as volunteers In fact, they were volunteer kids pastors for a long time before somebody says we ought to pay them or we're going to lose them and uh... then Brian of course came on as our maintenance guy now he's our celebrate recovery pastor we saw uh, I-, I could just go on and on and down the line to watch the incredible group that have come together and now we have leaders that are retired ministers or they're in other vocations that are credentialed assembly of God ministers that are faithfully serving Many of you don't know, but we have staff meeting every Tuesday. And every Tuesday, uh, we have about seven paid staff members, but we have about 12 to 14 come to our staff meetings. We got Randy and Karen Bardwell, who are very faithful uh, to be on staff, to help follow up with people, to do stuff. Retired as missionaries. We have Cody Miller, who just recently started working at FedEx, and so he's not able to be there, but has been very faithful. Retired uh, on staff at the assembly, and just faithful minister. And then many other volunteers. Uh, it's incredible. You know what these guys understand? It's not about a paycheck. It's not about a paycheck. It's about serving where you are because this is what we do as believers. It's not what we do. In fact, <laughs> if I wasn't a pastor, i tell you what I would do. I'd, I, I would go and I would serve at a church. I'd probably be the best armor bearer that pastor ever saw because anybody ever came against him, I'd be like, what would you say? You know? <laughs> I don't know, but I would just be that guy because I want to serve. I just, just a heart. In fact, when I was a, most people who are, who are doing anything for the kingdom of God did not start off in a big time role. They started off cleaning bathrooms. They started off scrubbing floors. They started off volunteering. They started off teaching a junior high Sunday school, which is a special anointing. Not because they're bad kids, but they're they're 80, They got emotions and, and and adrenaline, and they got a, <clears throat> excuse me. They got uh, estrogen and hormones and all this stuff, and you got to tell them to concentrate for forty five minutes to an hour. Man, God bless you, teachers who do it every day of the week. It's tough. It's tough work. But you know what I see people working faithful there's something about being faithful in the kingdom of God and just serving who you are and this is where we find Elisha primarily God calls those who are active God doesn't reward laziness God doesn't reward slothfulness in fact read through the scripture he criticizes it he curses it there's a lot of things he says about it but it's not reward God is not looking for consumers of church he's looking for workers Luke chapter 10, verse 2, and this is on a take of Matthew that we read a few weeks ago. These are the, his instructions to them. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest and ask him to send more workers to the field. <clears throat> Excuse me. Then he picks up on verse 19. We just left off. He found Elisha plowing in the field. And he says, there were 12 teams of oxen in the field, and Elisha was plowing the 12th of them. See, Elisha led by example. He was, he was, he was, he was plowing. He didn't care what line he was. he was, but he was leading by example, not merely by command. we got too many people who want to be managers. You do the work. I'm going to tell you all these great things, and you're going to do all the work. Elijah was the first one to get his hands dirty. He was the first one to dig in, say, what can we do? He served in what seemed to be in a dead-end job, but he never stopped what he was doing, and it didn't matter whether he was in charge or not. It goes on in verse 19, it says, Elijah went over to him and threw his cloak across his shoulders and then walked away. Can you imagine? This is, it's got to be pretty weird. What's amazing that right when it happened, Elisha knew what was happening. God called him because of his servant-like attitude. In Matthew chapter 20, verse 25-28, Jesus puts forth principles uh, in order to be one of the greatest, you must become the servant of all of them. And you read it here in verse 25-28 where he says, but he called him over. You know how the rulers of this world lord over their people and the officials flaunt their authority over those under them? I'm like, yeah, we remember that, we like that. Did you say we're going to be rulers one day? He says, but among you it will be different. What do you mean? Whoever wants to be the leader among you must first become your servant. And whoever wants to be the first among you must become your slave. This is terrible. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life for a ransom many. Jesus says, is saying this. He said, I didn't just come to be served. I came to serve. In fact, I came to be the ultimate servant and serve until I get to give my life for you. There's something about it following. And if Jesus is our prime example, how much more should we be involved sharing our faith and serving others in whatever we do? This year we've been talking about Ways to reach our community. We'd be talking about different things. You know what? A lot of it, our our biggest hindering point is workers. Can we get enough workers to put up the event? Can we get enough workers? We can bypass some of the money issues because we can cut down on giveaways. We cut down on this. But one thing we can't cut down on is workers. You are the most valuable commodity. Commodity this church has. You are it. God uses people to accomplish great works. God working through people anointed by him serving for him is how we accomplish what God has called us to do. We will never be able to reach people with the gospel until we all decide we're ready to get involved. That doesn't mean we won't reach some and thank goodness because I'm ready. We'll reach as many as we can but to reach the many it's going to take people getting involved and serving. Verse 20 goes on (coughs) Elisha left the oxen, standing there, and ran after Elijah and said to him, First, let me go by and kiss my, my, kiss my father and my mother goodbye, and then I will go with you. Here it is. God uses people who are sensitive enough to respond to his call. Isn't it amazing? He throws a cloak on his shoulder, and immediately Elijah says, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm all in. Just, just let me go kiss my mom and dad goodbye. I'm all in. When's the last time you were sensitive enough that when God was calling you, you responded? See, I believe the Holy Spirit has been working on a group of you. In fact, the very first week, it was quiet in here, and uh, i tell you, I, I really, I really kind of beat myself up. I, I, I did. I told Sodom, I said, I just didn't feel like I delivered well, and I went through all this stuff. But the second week, uh, something just changed. I just felt like the Lord was working on people. And that's what I feel like. I feel like right now God has been working on you, and he's been tapping on your heart saying, I've been asking you to do this. Are you ready to serve? Now's the time. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? And we've been going through all the excuses of our mind of why we're not ready to serve. And I'm I'm not here to guilt anybody because I can do that. I told you, my mama gave me an anointing of guilt, so I know how to lay it on thick. I do. But that's not what I want to do because if I can guilt you into it, you can be guilted out of it. But I do want you to understand this, that God is calling you, and it is a high calling. In fact, when God called me, I was at a revival, and I, I, I just remember I was never the same again. There was no turning back. I remember when I got my first set of credentials. It was the greatest honor for me to get my certified minister uh, credentials. It was my second greatest honor to get my license. Whenever someone decided to hire me as a youth pastor, I thought, I get paid for this? Are you kidding me? Does that mean it's always been easy? Of course not. Does that mean it's always been without problems? Of course not. But you know what? There's There's something rewarding about serving the kingdom of God, knowing that lives are being changed. And here's what we've got to remember. In the hard times, you've got to remember to still celebrate your victories. Because during the hard times is when you look back and you say, but you know what, I remember this person. I remember this person coming to know the Lord. I remember seeing this family start coming to church. I remember seeing this life change. I remember this life change. I remember this, because there's a lot of times when all you can see is the negative stuff. And you're overwhelmed with all your failures. In fact, what I found that most people struggle with the first step because all, they, they immediately start off in their mind with failures. What's it going to take for every one of us just to get to the point where we can stop everything and say, God, here am I, will use me, and, and just kiss everything goodbye and say, God, I'm just going to serve you. No matter what the cost, no matter what it is, I'm going to serve you. Verse, uh, the second part of uh, verse 20 goes on. He says, Elijah replied, go on back. Talk talking about kiss your mother and your father. But I want you to think about what I've done for you. He says basically this. I want you to consider the cost. There's a cost involved. I want you to think about this cost, but make no doubt about it. This is what I'm calling you to, and I want you to understand what the calling is for. I think so many times we do more damage sometimes stepping up and not being totally 100% committed. It's going to sound like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth now, but I'm really not. Because it's hard when you put an a, a, a adult leader over some kids, and then six months later down the road, they quit. That's tough on kids. For whatever reason, Madison, my most shyest child, when she was in uh, first grade, she went through like three or four ch- teachers. And we kept thinking, all right, was it second or first grade? Do you remember? And it seemed like every time we turned around, they had, she had a new teacher, someone was pregnant, this happened. <coughs> this teacher got moved in the middle of the year. Just w- things that don't normally happen for that young group. And I just remember of all my kids, the shyest one, the one that has the most difficult time, why this one? And there was nothing the school could do about it. But it's tough. So many times we get involved and we bail out, we, bail, we get involved and we bail out. Listen, sometimes we got how we get involved too. Sometimes it's about finding limits. Uh, in fact, I, I've talked to some leaders recently and we're developing ways where you can serve for one semester just to be, like we do our life groups. So you can serve even a kids ministry or a youth ministry. Say, say you can't do the whole time. What if you just served one semester? You say you'll serve the, the spring semester or the fall semester. What if you just give a short-term commitment? What would it take for you to get involved? When you answer the call of God, you can't go back to the way it used to be. You have to be willing to make some changes. The decision to follow God's call is always his and his alone. I've got to follow after him because he's called me. He's made that call. I'm answering the call. Leaders may offer you a position or a task but only God can offer you true service. Verse 21, it says this. So Elisha returned to his oxen and slaughtered them. And he used the wood to plow uh, 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 Yeah, he used the wood from the plow uh, to build up a fire to roast the flesh of the oxen. He got rid of everything he did. In fact, he made a barbecue. Because I'm from Texas, that's what we would have done. He roasted it. He had a good old barbecue. They ate, they passed out the food to everybody. He passed it around to them to the townspeople, and they all ate, and then he went to Elijah to be his assistant. God uses people who are willing to make great sacrifices for their calling. The greater the call, the greater the sacrifice. It just is. The greater the call, the greater the sacrifice. You'll never find where it's always Easy. If I, was in, if I was to kind of just put it out here just this morning, and I'm almost finishing up, I'm almost wrapping up, let me just say this. If I was to put it out here, how many believe that we need to see more people saved in 2021 than ever before because of the times we're living in? I think everybody in agreement would say yes, amen. The issue is not what we believe should happen. The issue is our involvement. There has got to be a place where we go from our attitude of what we know needs to happen to my physical being, being willing to be involved. And there is a place to serve for everyone in this room. You don't believe it? Meet up with Melissa and his hands extended uh, and find out all the people that they minister. And if you don't think that changes lives and and ministers people's lives, uh, be in that position. Be in a position where nobody comes and visits you because you've been in a long-term facility, you've been sick for a long time, you're dealing with cancer, you're dealing with issues, and you get a call. You get somebody to stop by just to visit with you for just a little bit because you're lonely. You get someone who's writing you and checking on you, making sure you're okay. Hey, find out if it's important then. If you don't believe that's it, we got prayer ministries. Uh, Brother Randy leads our prayer ministry, doing an excellent job. We've got host team. There's nothing more powerful than people feeling welcome, wanted, and loved when they walk in the door. We've got amazing people who are ready to start our kids' ministries and get back to a good discipleship format for our kids' ministry. But we need people to get involved and get to working. It's times like these that it's, it's, it's very difficult to get people involved. But we need you now more than ever. Elisha returned home, said farewell to his friends and his family, and he cooked the meat, but Elisha literally burned the past behind him. There was no turning back to where he was. He walked into the future with no thoughts of returning to his past. Some of us have got to get to the place where we're ready to move forward with no thought of turning back. If lives are going to be changed forever, people are going to have to make commitment to be involved with no turning back. I realize, I'm asking a hard thing, and some of you who were involved again in two or three things, we're not talking about you. But we are talking about everyone finding their spot to serve. So here it is. Do you want to be used of God? Do you want to receive what God has for you? And if so, the journey begins today. Tonight, we're going to celebrate things that God's done. But I'm telling you, I'm already looking forward to 2022's annual celebration. And I'm believing for this. I believe that we're going to reconnect with people that used to come to church, that are falling out of church, that we're going to find ways to minister to them and bring them back home once and for all. Sons, daughters, grandkids, moms, dads, brothers, sisters, coming back to the Lord. I believe we're going to reach new people for the kingdom of God like never before. But the, but the secret behind it all is going to be in our ability to disciple From age zero to age 120, whatever the age needs to be going up. If we don't disciple our kids and teach them great apologetics, the world will teach them something else. Some of you are overwhelmed. I get it. Listen, I promise you, we're not going to throw anybody into the ministry without equipping you. I just want you to follow somebody around for a little while. Just commit to say, I'll follow around. I don't know if I want to do it, but I'll follow around. Go through Growth Track. It starts next Sunday. Next Sunday morning, you can start growth track and find out what God is calling you to do. But don't miss out on the opportunities because I believe God has got great things. Now to say that all this, I realize there's a lot of people out here that are involved. And for you, man, I applaud you. What happens in this church on a regular weekly basis could not happen without you. Everything from our host team to our live stream team, to those that are currently serving in kids, to those serving in youth, those who are serving in live groups, none of this would happen without you. But if we're going to increase what God is wanting to do in 2021, we're going to have to increase our workers. I'm going to ask everybody to stand in this place. I also want to say this. We believe that every soul matters to God. We know that this year we're concentrating on the idea that life is better together, but maybe you're here today, this is your first Sunday. And you're, this is your first Sunday, and you are just becoming. coming, you're feeling the presence of God in this place, and, and, and you're hearing a lot of this rhetoric, but right now, all you're just like, man, I just want to get my life right with God. I'm not where I need to be with God, and I, before I leave this place, I don't want to leave this place without knowing Him as my Lord and Savior. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to open these altars open right now and give you an opportunity to come know him. Someone will meet you down here in just a few seconds if you make your way down here. Or if you want to rededicate your life to the Lord, you say, look, I'm not where I need to be. I need to get my life re-centered, re-geared up just where it needs to be. These altars are open. I'm gonna, I'll leave them open for just a moment. And our prayer team will join you.